A website is not loading. There was no day. The day didn't exist. The Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that is here to remind the cameramen, get the foliage out of the screen. It's driving me nuts. I Jared is looking at me like he did not notice this. At least in three different confessionals, there was leafy greens at the bottom, in out of focus, in soft focus, and it's... I, it's mm. Is this what I sound like all the time? I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Yeah. <laughs> Why would anyone ever listen to me? <laughs> oh. Is this what I sound like when I die on small hills? Maybe. Huh. Maybe. That no one else notices or appreciates? <laughs> oh, man. Jared, it's been approximately one hour since we last recorded. About the time of a Survivor episode. Correct. How's it going? My sugar's a little high. Okay. I'm a little tired. A little more tired than I was before. That that tracks. But this is a good season, and this Yay. is a good episode, and I'm feeling energized from that. Yeah. Jared's getting out of town this weekend, so we're getting a little bit ahead, but it's all for your viewing pleasure. That plus, way, we don't have to skip any episodes. Yeah, plus, then you and I actually get to hang out and not have, and not, well, I was say have to record, but we like to record, <laughs> but it's more fun to record multiple things in a day and get to hang out and do other things other days than, like, every time I see you, we're recording. That's fair. I get that. Um, yeah. Anything you're excited about coming up in the next couple, in, in the week, the next few days? Whenever we get to schedule our next, next D&D session. Ah, yes, of course. Well, that seems more up to you at this point, because well, you, I mean, yeah. you are the one leaving. It'll probably be the weekend I'm back. But also, you, like any other D&D host DM, uh, it's hard to get people to do things. Correct. Statistically, it is 100% more difficult to get people to do things than not to do things. Unless they're really obnoxious, and then they love doing things. <laughs> Damn but it. But not the things you want them to do. That's fair. Okay, so since we don't have any emails, I actually have one of two bits you can choose. Ooh, okay. I have the 200 engaging icebreaker questions. Oh, we can random number generate. What are we doing here? No, hold on. Hear me out. We can random number generate one of these... And, like, really dig into it. Or, I also have the NFL Immaculate Gridiron, which, if have you seen these grids? So what it is, it's a grid of nine squares, and you have to come up with players that fit the categories. So, in this example, it's Falcons-Ravens. You would need a player that played for both. No. No, not that. We're not doing that. All right, then I'm going to do <laughs> the Engaging Icebreakers. Only you and I like football enough to for that to be something worth listening to. Yay! Alright, then. Uh, on a scale of 1 this. to 200, Jared selfs at me. That is 44, Jared. Okay. Alright, Jared. What book had the most significant impact on you? Oh, God. I actually have an answer. Do it. So, I love Malcolm Gladwell as a writer. As a person, I think he's a little pretentious. But Malcolm Gladwell is a great writer, and I think the concepts he go into, goes into are very interesting. And Blink is my favorite book of his, Ooh, especially okay. because it really applies to acting, but also not. 
It's a book about what we notice in the blink of an eye. So mm. in the first two seconds of yep. a situation or a person or a thing, which is why if you've ever heard me sometimes just my, my only gut reaction is just like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right. Or like, I can't really explain it, but like, I just, it feels off. That's me listening to that part of my brain because mm. that book talks about that a lot. It also talks about when it goes wrong in like high stress environments and stuff like that. Um, but listening to that part of yourself, that subconscious part of yourself, I think is really cool and really important. Neat. And especially as an actor. Like, yeah. you, if you're doing it right, you should be going off of mostly instinct. Mm-hmm. And, like, the instinct that you've prepared by the character and rehearsals and all that. But in, in the moment with another person, another actor on stage, you just kind of want to be in it, which means you got to turn off the thinking part of your brain and just do the reactionary part of your brain. No thinking. Only reacting. Kind of. Nice. Yeah. What about you? I, w- I was kind of skimming my brain here. There was a book that I read uh, per recommendation of my English teacher in 11th grade. Uh, it is called The Andromeda Strain. It is a sci-fi book about a, a virus that comes from space. Mm. Like a meteorite crashes into the town and people just start dying. And they're like going through the science of like, okay, what the, f- what the fuck do we do? How do we fix this? And it goes on. And then the ending is, I mean, not to spoil it, because I, I do think it's a very good book and it's very like thrilling, but it's like... It's very high stakes and then people figure out in a way that is not the way you expect it. Huh. Cool. It was good. It was it was very good, and it, it's activated that weird, like, okay, this is sci-fi, but it's, it's possibly, it's possible. Mm, mm-hmm. And a little bit of conspiracy theory. Like, just enough that I'm like, that's fun. It makes me think of a play I really wanted to produce, and then I realized you can't, at least not for a very long time, called Anatomy of Grey. Okay. It's... It's a play about, it takes place in like the 1800s, um, and a disease comes to town and people start dying and there's, and the doctor can't figure out why. And I don't know if it's ever explained. Mm. It's very likely just like some type of infection. There's this like pre-antibiotics, all of that. But then I realized it kind of is just COVID. Oh, interesting. Like it's way too close. Like people start coughing and then they get sick and then they die. And I was like, well, that's something that can't produce for a little <laughs> while because i mean like the the message is muddy yeah was it just dysentery you know i don't remember it's been a long time since i've read it i mean if it's coughing then no maybe i, mean, I don't remember <laughs> i don't drink the poop water don't drink the poop water is what we're saying i want to do one more but okay. i found a different list what if you heard me clicking and clacking 140 plus weird icebreaker questions for outside the box conversations okay yay jared your question. Choose your age forever. What age would you choose and why? 29, obviously. I feel like we're too young to answer that one. Well, no, I, we've established your age is 29 That's forever. true, yeah. That would, you're right, because then I can continue the bit <laughs> of being like, I'm going to die before I'm 30. Yeah. And just never die. That's fair. Be immortal. Yeah. I feel like, you, know, you say what yours is, and then I'm going to say what I think yours should be. Okay. I, hmm, I'm torn between... Right now, 30, and 21. Oh. Not no. that I enjoyed being 21, but I definitely felt better physically than I do <laughs> at the moment. Uh, I 
think that your dad powers are just starting to emerge. Oh. So I think you'd be better off between, like, 35 and 40. Okay. Like, you really gotta get, like, full dad... Like, you can have a riding lawnmower by then, you know? Sure. I mean, I could do that now. Well, you don't have a lawn. Yeah, but I could, like... I have plenty of polo shirts, and I have get some high-rise shorts. Do you have white New Balance? No. Then you're not there yet. Dang it. Okay. I have to grow my powers then. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're the Charmeleon of your dad, Charizard. Gotcha. Actively the worst middle starter Probably. of that first generation. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Just a it's slightly just, bigger, angrier lizard. It's just awkward. <laughs> It looks weird. Aren't we all? And it gets darker for whatever reason. (laughs) Awkward, gangly teenagers. That's fair. All right. Well, then that's that's what I wanted to do. That was fun. I enjoyed it. fucking weird. Hey, we have a show. We're entertaining, damn it. I love you, Steven. Bumper. (laughs) All right, so this episode came out on November 13th of 2003. I found a new list for current events only because the previous one wasn't loading for some reason? Like, the servers went offline in the last hour since we recorded? Doing maintenance. I guess at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday? Sure. Why not? I had to really think it was Tuesday. It's 9 p.m. on a Tuesday. So this one's going to be a little more extensive than before, but I'll try to run through them quick. We haven't touched on the uh, occupation of Iraq in a little bit. Okay. This list does. And in fact, it's Wikipedia, so this list has, like, Updates every single day for it. So I just picked out a couple. Okay. There's a couple uh, paratroopers that were killed and, like, uh, bodies are starting to mount. The death toll is going up. Um, in response, the U.S. forces bomb homes in Tikrit, assuming that's a province of Iraq, sure. uh, following the shooting down of a helicopter. Iraqi American rights investigators state to a conference they have identified 260 mass graves containing the bodies of at least 300,000 Iraqis murdered by Saddam's regime. Jesus. That seems like a lot. And then debate intensifies about the choices the U.S. faces in devising a strategy for Iraq, with John McCain arguing that force levels are inadequate, being like, we need to be more of of a warmonger. Yeah, we need more. We need more. We need more war, clearly. (laughs) John McCain's not a perfect man. He's not a perfect man. North Korea nuclear weapons program was just starting to kick off. Uh, Said that they had two nuclear devices, but neither of them... They didn't have any way to test them, so they couldn't confirm they were viable. This one's kind of fun. Faced with a hazard waste crisis, the Pentagon is pushing to exempt itself from United States environmental laws. Can't figure out how to get rid of it? Just don't let the rules apply to you. Uh. Yep. British Special Forces commanders criticized the quality of the intelligence given to them before and during the conflict with Iraq. And the UK Secretary of Defense... Jeff Hoon, which, side note, it's spelled Gioff, I don't like that spelling of Jeff, is accused of providing misleading figures about the true cost of the conflict in Iraq. It's all starting to go bad, is what you're hearing. This is about the time it starts It starts being like, wait a minute, maybe this was a bad idea. Maybe we shouldn't have done this. Maybe we shouldn't have done this. Gioff! Oh, and this one's just kind of fun. Negotiations break down between Montreal 2006 and the Federation of Gay Games on having the gay games in Montreal in 2006. I don't know what that is. I'm assuming it's, like, the Olympics for gay men, or maybe queer people in general. I absolutely need to look up what the gay games are. I'm sorry, you said that was the Federation of Gay Games? The Federation of Gay Games. Of 
Gay Games. It, it auto or auto filled. So let's see. Federation of Gay Games. The Gay Games. Partic participation inclusion. Personal best. <laughs> There's a countdown. Ninety three days to the next Gay Games. Oh, they still go. It's the fortieth anniversary history series about. Uh, what is this? I wish it would give me a. What is this? Tell me things. It's just donations about mission and vision. Promoting equality through sport and culture. Okay, that's it seems like Gay Olympics. The mission of the Federation of Gay Games is to promote equality, diversity, and inclusion through sport and culture. The Gay Games is built upon core principles. You're just giving me buzzwords. What is this? <laughs> is this a front for money laundering? Also, they missed an opportunity by not naming it the Games. Like, G-A-Y-M-E-S. Correct. It doesn't tell me what anything is. Hilarious. Uh, the last one I'm going to mention is uh, Chief Justice of Alabama, Roy Moore. In case you're wondering, that is Roy Moore who loses the Senate seat in 2017 um, to a Democrat after being accused credibly of pedophilia. <laughs> is removed from office by the Alabama Court of Judiciary for failure to remove the Ten Commandments monument from courthouse pursuant by order of U.S. District Judge Myron Thompson. So the guy was like, he was... Ordered to remove the Ten Commandments from in front of the courthouse and said no and then got fired by Alabama judges. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> the top five movies uh, of the week are number five, Radio, coming back in. All right. Number four, Love Actually. Oh. Yeah. It premiered at number four? I know. Wild. Number three, Brother Bear. Number two, The Matrix Revolutions. And number one, or uh, sorry, no, number one, Matrix Revolutions. Number two, Elf. Yay. I have a soft spot for Elf. I love Elf. It's, it is, I don't love Will Ferrell. It's an amazing movie. It's a great movie. It's, I would say that's our family's Christmas movie. Mm. Like every family has that one. That's ours. I think that's a lot of families. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think the ratings are? For Elf? Yeah. Oh... Audience I, score. I love to watch. Sorry to cut you off. I love to watch the intersection of where you think it should be mm -hmm. and where you think it actually is. Yep. Audience score of eighty nine. Critic score of sixty eight. Oh, you were low on both of them. Audience score of seventy nine. So close. Okay. Oh, I guess you were. Sorry, you were a little high on that one. Okay. Critic of eighty five. Okay. Critics really like that movie. Wow, I would have expected it to go the other way. I know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, can't win them all. <laughs> and that's what you missed in the Iraq War, I guess. That's what you missed at the Gay Games. <laughs> I'm, I'm still looking at this website, and I'm like, it has to be a like Olympics-type thing, because I'm seeing people like jumping over hurdles, but no explanation of what this is. Steven, the LGBTQ plus community has had many adversities in their life, and yes, they have hurdles that they have to jump over, and you should be more thoughtful. Wow. Episode 9, shocking. <laughs> Simply shocking. Wait, where does this title come from? I don't know. <laughs> I remember seeing that and being like, oh, so like somebody will say something like that, or like, it's the Ray. It's the Ray. There it is. Okay. That's... A weird thing to pull the title from. It's but kind of a boring episode. It, it kind of is. There, I don't know. Actually, you know what? I wouldn't say it's boring. I would say it is setting up future episodes because there's a lack of stuff 
to talk about or do. Sure. It's weirdly very similar to the Amazon episode that took place at the same time. Oh, yeah? The post-merge first person on the jury vote. That was Dave last season. Mm. Rhino and Dave have a lot of similarities, actually. (laughs) Okay, interesting. So I'm looking up the, the rating share of this episode. It weirdly has a really good rating share. Okay. So, like, it did well on TV, like, people watching it, but it didn't, uh, it wasn't a good episode, from what I can tell. Yeah, that's fair, and I think that the next time on was, uh, deceitful. (laughs) Where it's, I mean, I don't actually- Tell me more, what did you see in that, and you're like, oh, I want to know. You know what? I'm gonna roll, I'm gonna run that back. Not deceitful, but they highlighted the only interesting part of the episode, which is like, hey, what do we do about Rupert? Or like, hey- what do we do about Burton? Like, everyone's trying to figure out what their positions are in the game. How do we solve a problem like Burton? And unfortunately, the immunity challenge gives them a way that all of this is just hypothetical. Mm-hmm. And will come into effect in the future, mm-hmm. but has no consequences or even potential consequences for this episode. Yes. And I'll talk about the immunity challenge when we get to the yep. immunity challenge, but... It's certainly, it's set up to be the coconut chop challenge, and it's not. No. So, hold on to that. Anyway, we open the episode. Lil's feeling great. Lil is horny for vengeance. (laughs) Lil is ready to chop some heads off, just like dancing through the streets, skipping machete to the head, machete to the head. It's great. All while apologizing the whole time because Lil, Lil is such an interesting character. I don't know if she'd be a She says that she's like, don't want to feel bad for something like like that, but I just feel like I stood up for myself. Like, and you know, she does use the term backstab. It's not a backstab. You basically told them exactly what you were doing. She did. You weren't. You weren't like I'm with you 100, percent Andrew, and then stabbed her in the back. You were like, maybe I will be, maybe I won't be. And guess what? I probably won't be. And then you weren't. She's feeling the Catholic guilt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy, is she. Oh, man. She feels bad about it, but no regrets. I stood up for myself. No regrets. No regrets. We cut to Rupert and Lil talking, and it's this is such a weird conversation. It's such a weird conversation. Because Rupert is, like, actively saying, hey, you're going to be number five. Rupert has zero game awareness. <laughs> yeah. He gets away with it because he's such a good provider and he's so likable. And if you're someone that's with him, the thing about him having no game awareness is that you always know where Rupert stands. Mm-hmm. There is no secret about where Rupert's votes are going. No. There's no secret about what Rupert values and who he values and what he stands for. Which makes him a lovable person. And makes him even compelling for TV. And makes him kind of a bad survivor player. It it was so bizarre to see him basically saying you you're not going to win this game with a smile on his face and Lil to just like take it and not put up a fight. She's like, yeah, awesome. Well, and I think that's part of Rupert's superpower is that he says it. He says I. He didn't say we are going to vote you out the moment that we can. It, he keeps about him and his loyalty mm-hmm. of like, as far as I'm concerned, you're Drake now. You'll be the last member of Morgan Standing, and hey, if you win an immunity challenge... You I'll, could even I, make it further. Well, he still says I. He says, I'll write someone else, or I'll vote out a Drake before I vote you out. Well, of course, because you... Wouldn't be able you to do anything else. Do it. <laughs> it's weird how he chooses his words so carefully, but I don't think he's... Not in a way that's strategic, in a way that is emotional. Mm-hmm. 
But I think I said earlier in the season, Rupert is the best player that could never win Survivor. And I actually don't think that's true. He cannot win Survivor. (laughs) But I don't think he's the best player. (laughs) Is he the most likable player to never win Survivor? That that can never win Survivor? Yeah, I probably. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the only way he wins Survivor is going on an immunity run. I think that the first opportunity... Well, I don't... If he wouldn't have won immunity this time, I don't think they would have voted him out. It's too soon. Right now, if you did the math, with all of the running around that happens this episode, sure, technically you could say it's Mm 3-3-3. You could say it's Rupert, Krista, Sandra, then you could do a Johnny, Lil, Burton, and then do the three Morgans. Well, if you're Johnny, why would you ever fucking risk that? Why put yourself on equal ground with two other groups when you put yourself as the swing vote in three days. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense, Jared. <laughs> so, so even if Rupert didn't win immunity this, this today, which, if they didn't want him to, they could have made sure they he did. They could have very easily just not let him do that. But I think the next opportunity they get, Rupert's gone. Okay. Even Sandra and Krista are talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's some talks. And we... After we do the Rupert and Lil talk, we go to Burton and Rhino, and Rhino's really trying to push that narrative of Burton. No. You can't, you can't go with them, right? Yeah. It's it, You can't possibly win with them. And in his confession, he says, Lil betrayed us. No, she fucking didn't. No, she didn't. She was never with you. She... Even when she was on your tribe, you guys ostracized her. Like, she doesn't owe you shit. Her, him and Andrew having this mentality of like, no, you owe the team. The team didn't do shit for her. This does feel like a weirdly Andrew tainted his his brain in this one. Well, they were like BFFs. I know. But like, man, get over yourself. I mean, Rhino's a corpse walking this entire episode <laughs> and everyone including him knows it. Yeah. And unlike Dave, who is kind of like, please, please keep me around. Rhino's trying. Hmm. Good for him. But he's also sulking. He looks he looks so fucking defeated during that whole immunity challenge. He looks embarrassed during that immunity challenge. I would be too. Well, it's so it's the worst possible challenge he could have had. Yeah, it's the you're done. You have nothing that you can do about it. Uh, bye bye. This is a stupid place to put that challenge. A I stupid agree. place in the season. They, I think, I'll cut to the chase on this one. I think Survivor thought they could make something happen. Because of all the conversations that were happening. And oh, it, you think they pivoted to this? Possibly. Or they just always have it ready because it's such an easy challenge to set up. True. That it was there waiting. They saw the conversations. They're like, now is the perfect time. Um, and then nothing happened. That's a good theory. I, I think I like that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Rhino wants Burton to go with Tawana, Dara, and Lil. He's trying to rope back in Lil without talking to Lil at all. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Why would they do that? Yeah. Then it's the two of them and the three of you. It's all a mess. And then we get the Stingray bit. <laughs> Talk to me about the Stingray bit. Because <laughs> it, it's an extended <laughs> shot. It's so long. Because at, at first it's like weird somebody's gonna die music. Yeah. And... I thought we were going to get, like, a Rob in Thailand type of, like, behind the wave. I I had a moment of, like, wait, did someone get injured that I don't remember? No. It's just, 
it's come so over bizarre. to the stingray and stick your fingers yeah. in its holes. Hey, hey, come. Do these things have electricity in them? No, not electricity. Electric stuff. <laughs> I wrote down that verbatim. <laughs> Do these things have electric stuff in them? Burton's like, I think this stingray's got electric stuff. <laughs> what? No, you idiot. What do you mean? Stick your finger in it. <laughs> also, I have I have more respect for Burton than I did early in the season, which admittedly hard to have less. After the conversation with Rupert, it seems like he's really sort of chilled out and being a dick. It seems like he's really focused and not cocky. But every time he's so uncharismatic. Anytime he's in a confessional, he sounds like an athlete at a press conference. Mm. He's like, they think I'm here for them. Nope, I'm here for me, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to have a good game. I'm going to come out on top. I'm going to do this for the outcasts. My team believed in me. Um, I'm back from a hamstring injury, and uh, we're on to Cincinnati. I'm, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least his he's starting to shine a little bit more, especially more than... He did the first time around. Yeah. When he was just like fighting for screen time with Sean <laughs> and was just the bully. Now he's at least the, I'm sitting back, I'm thinking, I'm letting the game come to me and I can game plan this shit. He's having the Matt arc or the Matthew arc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Learning how to play the game halfway through it. How do I do this? <laughs> how do I survive her? Yeah. So anyway, they finger a stingray. They finger a stingray. Everyone gets a kick out of it. Like, do it again. No, I'm not gonna do it again. Imagine being that animal. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> You've been stabbed, and then someone just sticks their finger in your. You're butt suffocating now. They're just fucking sticking a finger in your holes. <laughs> and Peter's like, control them. Contro- control, control them. Holes. <laughs> you can break free if you control the holes. Okay, uh, that's insane. Uh, then Tawana talks about food. Tawana gets food. She's so happy. Like, hell yeah. I, 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 I'm eating for the first time in weeks. It's great. And Rupert's like, I hope they feel comfortable. I want them to eat. I want them to need me. He does not say that. He doesn't say that, <laughs> but that's what he's saying. I think, I think Rupert legitimately feels bad for them and is like, please eat the food. He does. But it's also an <laughs> angle. I don't think it is for the people of Morgan. He doesn't want their votes. He doesn't care if he has... He's voting against them. They're his enemies still. He doesn't, but he is... From the opposition, he is the target. Like, Yeah, I guess that's true. He is the Andrew for them. That's true. So, I, if I were them, I'd go after him too. I did, I did write down one Rupert quote during this. Go on. There's always meat in the cheeks. <laughs> he was talking about the stingray, and he's like... Ah, there's always meat in the cheeks. There's always meat in the cheeks. Do they have electric stuff in them? <laughs> Can you get some of that electric stuff from mm. them cheeks? <laughs> hey, girl, them electric cheeks. Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. The reward challenge. We have a slingshot challenge, but it's different from what we've seen before. This time, you're breaking plates, but you're breaking your own plates. What is up with this season's obsession? With doing challenges in groups of, of, I guess in this case it'd be a group of three, but yeah. in multiple groups. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think they're trying to highlight individuals better. That's a good point. I like it. And, like, it gives them more screen time. It gives them, like, narratives that they can play off, even in just the, the micro-narratives. Right. That's true. Yeah. And it, it it is more interesting. It makes this challenge way more interesting because they would have breeze through this 
Rupert would have won this in, in about, three shots. Yeah, yeah, exactly three shots. So it is good. I I appreciate that they found a way to make it interesting to view. It also let the gr- different groups practice. Having multiple legs is better. Yeah. I couldn't figure out why they were doing it, but that's a good point, and I'm glad they're doing it. Okay, then good. I love that they had to point out that if you break a plate out of order, you are immediately disqualified. (laughs) Probably because they didn't have more plates. Nope. I think because... Because they did have to reset the plates between challenges. Yeah. I think because they couldn't... They'd have to pause the game and reset the contraption. Because remember, it's a... It's bottom plate gets broken, fire goes up. Yep. We break your plate out of order, the stick goes up with no fire on it. Yeah. So you'd have to go and reset the plate and pause the game... So I think it just has more to do with, like, time and logistics than it does materials. I guess. And I guess it makes sense if you, like, even let them shoot at it. It's just going to do nothing. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. But either way, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing that probably only gets mentioned, or at least we only hear it, because it happens. Because somebody does it. Yeah. Was it Johnny Fairplay? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're playing for breakfast. And they're playing for a lot of breakfast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First group, Rhino Sandra Dara. Rhino does pretty good at this. Yeah. Sandra does not too bad, too. Like, for a moment, we think Sandra might win this. Yeah. After hitting herself in the face with the marble <laughs> shooting bag. Oh, Sandra. Dara technically shoots the slingshot. Dara was there. <laughs> but Rhino wins that one. Rupert absolutely smokes John and Burton. Like, doesn't even come close. Like, he, it's three shots. It's three shots. And John hits the plate out of order, which gives Jeff a great jab that he's been saving for a long time. Uh-huh. Ah, one more challenge that John can't finish. Huh. Fucking savage. He huh. hates Johnny Fairplay so goddamn much. He does, man. Just any opportunity he can get to hit the knife into Johnny Fairplay. Yeah. He's going to take it. Yeah, good. (laughs) And then final last group, Lil, Tawana, and Krista. And this one's pretty close between Krista and Lil for a while. And then Lil just kind of beats it at the last shot. Yeah. Yeah, Rupert actually misses a couple. Yeah. Oh, this was the the all girls group. Oh, sorry, sorry. This is the all girls yeah. group. Yes. No, Lil in the final group. Lil gets out to a two zero lead. Yeah. And then Rupert goes boom, 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 and comes back and wins. I forgot about the all girl group because I remember saying out loud, "Ah, yes, we get to see who loses to Rupert." <laughs> and you were correct because it took them a long time. Like it Lil, did. Lil got better with practice mm-hmm. and does really well in the in the final. Mm-hmm. But there was a point. Like, all three of them had missed, like, three shots in a row. And I was like, are we going to be here all day? We might, this, this might take a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fucking Krista is, like, doing a kill shot. She's, like, holding it sideways. <laughs> it's, a kill shot. it's a kill shot. To the point that Jeff has to point out, Krista, your form is bad. Yeah. He's like, you're going to kill someone. Oh, sorry. I screwed that up. Krista was bad. Krista didn't do a good job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who did you say? I, I said Krista was in, like coming back and I was like no wait no that's not right know. no krista bad little good little good little good <laughs> anyway rupert wins and jeff does a little uh little shenanigans here he's like you can take somebody with you or you could give it all away why why you say jared don't give them this power i mean 
that power is always kind of there. I guess. People have given up rewards before. Sure, I guess, like, I don't know. I, if it's if it's implicit in that you can always give up mm-hmm. a reward, fine. Mm-hmm. Once you mention it out loud, I don't know. It just feels like you kind of have to. But It's like Matt last season where it's like, either you can go or everyone else can go. And this one's not as bad because it is just give it to somebody else. Correct. But... I don't know, man. It just, and Rupert has no game awareness. Like, do you want to go get all this food and bring a person to strategize with? Ooh, no, he doesn't even think about it. He's like, no, no. no. give it away. Yeah. Give it, give it to Burton. Burton and can have it. Rupert's the worst person to get this. Because you're already the most likable guy on that beach. Mm-hmm. Everyone fucking loves you except maybe Johnny Fairplay <laughs> because you did try to snap his neck like a baby bird. If this is anyone else up there that wins, they can use that for bounty points. And Rupert is the only person who should take it and doesn't. Here's where I disagree again. Because during this challenge, you're like, Rupert has no game awareness. He is winning another challenge and just destroying this. This is one, it almost redeems him from dominating this challenge of, I did it, but I don't get to reward. Not quite, because he still won the challenge. I guess. The thing is, like, we already know Rupert's a good guy. Uh Everyone knows Rupert's a good guy. Uh He's, the people of Morgan, he saved their lives. I think I'm being hyperbolic, but I actually (laughs) can't be sure. He probably did. Like, the the girl group (laughs) back at camp is trying to find ways to survive so that they can get rid of Rupert. Yeah. Because he's too nice. How do we play this game and live without him? Yeah. So, like, I don't think it does anything to get rid of your your threat. If anything, it makes you a bigger target, because now you're, like, you did a very kind thing. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, Burton takes it, and he takes Lil with him. Of course he does. I, yes, this makes the most sense. Like, this is a good pick. Yes, both socially, and it's under the radar. Mm-hmm. Like, if Burton takes anyone else, I mean, I guess if he takes a Drake person, it wouldn't be too crazy. But if he takes most other people, there, I'm sure there'd be whispers of like, I wonder what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But Burton and Lil have already had a bunch of time to talk where nobody could hear them. Mm-hmm. So, what's a little more? Yeah. So, interesting. And then, before they go out on their breakfast adventure, Burton's kind of talking about, hey, this whole Drake team business i got going on here drake to the end rah 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 it's all a bit i'm I'm doing it for me i'm doing it for the outcasts like i have no loyalty to them i'll cut them whenever i feel like it good yeah as you should as you should and before they go burton goes up to john and is like hey we need to get rupert out rupert needs to go and john and fairplay is totally on board this isn't like a yeah, I'm on board, and then go immediately tell Rupert. This is a... You would be stupid not to. We have to. And actually, later, Rupert is talking to John as they go to get water, and is saying something about, like... I, I remember if, if it's Rupert questioning Burton's loyalty, or talking about, like, they're probably... Oh, it was, it was Rhino's trying to sway him, or whatever. And Johnny has a good poker face when he needs it. He's like, no, Burton's with us all the way. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. No, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You can keep a secret. You can keep a secret. That's undervalued. That's all you really need in Survivor sometimes. Don't blab. Yeah. Too many people blab. Too many people blab. Or be selective about your blabbing. Be smart. (laughs) 
Don't give the plan away in front of Sandra. <laughs> yeah, maybe that. <laughs> maybe that. <laughs> anyway, Burton and Lil go off on their adventure. There's so much breakfast, like, just for the two of them. It's insane. It's, like, 20 pancakes, 20 sausages, bacon in a pile, eggs. It looks so good. The chef's cooked for Rupert, and they're like, wait, he's not coming? Oh, damn. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit! Uh, what are we gonna do with all this food? Burton... <laughs> Has an entire bottle of champagne by himself because Lil doesn't drink. Yep. And... Now, hold on. Wait. I'm going back to the Catholicism. You do drink. You drink alcohol in communion. Yeah, she just... That might not be religious. She might just not choose to drink. Okay, that's fair. All right. Yeah. And then they they converse. They have good conversations. It's super awkward because Lil isn't good about the, like, relaxing part. No. But they are game strategists. She should try drinking. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And it gets to the point where she's like, hey, I'm on board. Just tell me what you want me to do. Like, I will do anything Burton wants me to do. I might have a problem with lying, but I will do yeah, anything. That thing, that was wild. Burton lays out this plan, and and she goes, wait, 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 but then I have to lie. And I'm like, Lil! Lil. <laughs> Lil! You just said... You would do anything. <laughs> can Have I you seen the show? Can I outwit without lying? You can. You can. She might not be able to. Yeah, I mean I mean at that point it's lies of omission, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Um and then they, they craft this whole idea of all of this didn't happen. You you're gonna go back and you're gonna tell everyone that I bored you to death with my stories. This is too cute. It's adorable. No, I meant, like, they're trying to be too cute about oh, it. Oh, yes. And that. It's, it's both. It's very naive in that you think people are going to believe you for even a fucking second. But then... And Lil lays it on way too thick in the challenge. Correct. Absolutely. Oh, boy. But then at the very tail end of this, she's like, don't make me out as a bitch. Make me out as a dumb broad. That was funny. Lil. That's cute. Come on. Uh, Lil is so naive. Yeah. Separate. From the Burton John conversation, Sandra and Krista are also having the same conversation. Except it's how to get rid of Rupert and Burton. Correct. <laughs> and survive. And survive. Yes. And did you hear the way that Sandra talks to the girls about this? It's very, very smart and something we have not. Sandra is quietly a very different kind of survivor player. Tell me more. Think about Rob's scheming. Mm-hmm. Rob was never subtle. <laughs> no. At least not to the people he was talking to. And, like, that worked to his credit. Like, when he went to Matt, was like, okay, here's the deal. I'm in trouble and I've been lying to you, but I need you now and I will be honest with you from here on out. Mm-hmm. Rob made big moves. Yes. Sandra makes small ones. Mm-hmm. Sandra goes out of her way to be like, let's try to learn these skills. These are important skills for us to learn. Or like, oh, what if one of the guys gets hurt? Or like... All these little things that give her plausible deniability. Yes. So that if if Tawana or Dara, like, if she went right to him and was like, hey, we want you later to get rid of the men, that's a risk. They can turn around and go to the men and be like, hey, by the way, these people are trying to get rid of you. Or as they like to say in the show, they're trying to get you off. I really wish they'd start phrasing that <laughs> they, differently. They're going to say that all the time. Drives me crazy. Forever. Pet peeve. Number one pet peeve of Survivor. Get him off. Phrasing. Get him off the island. Nah, let's go. we gotta get Rupert off so bad. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> anyway. Um, that gives her plausible deniability. Because right now, if T or Dara go to 
uh, go to Rupert and say, hey, she's trying to teach us to fish. She's trying to get rid of you. And he goes to confront Sandra. First of all, I don't think Rupert would believe them. But even if he wants to question it, she'd be like, no, I think it's important. There's not as many people out here now. I, I need to learn. I need to learn. I should have learned earlier. Yeah. Like, I'm not a good swimmer, but they can. Or like, you know, I need to figure out how to go get coconuts. Or like, every day, every three days, we'll have less people. And we need to have more people who know how to do more things. Yeah. And she can also pivot that into, and they're being fucking lazy and I'm trying to get them out of the shelter. Yeah. She's so smart. It's very smart. She is, you're right. She's quietly, she's playing a very good game right now. And she floats in all girls alliance. These never work. (laughs) Why? Alliance is based on gender fall apart immediately. Yes, correct. (laughs) I mean, a guy's alliance obviously isn't going to work because they're going to be like, wait a minute. Hold on. Challenges. <laughs> I have to do this. So they're not even really attempted. But I, it, it it seems like every time we've floated a girl's alliance, it's fallen apart the same episode. Sad part is you're not wrong. <laughs> like, I don't think we've had one that has lasted a full episode. It, it does not hold for very long. Even when there was an all-women's tribe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have the we have the smallest side of the Morgan tribe is lazy. Maybe I should give them some fish to clean. And side note, part of that is you want people, you want to be able to differentiate yourself from somebody that's up there in the final two. And anything you can do to do that helps you. So being like, yes, let's have an all of the same gender alliance. It's no good. That's one less thing you can use to differentiate yourself. It's no good. So after we have the lazy conversation, we go to the immunity challenge. And this is, it's a trivia challenge. This is chopping coconuts without the chopping. Yes. It's just uh, answer the questions. Put it in the trough. Put it in the trough. These questions are so fucking easy. And I get it. Pirates of the Caribbean had not come out when they filmed this. (laughs) We did discover that. Yes. Or remember that. They are significantly easier. Part of the reason is I think they had... Because they had five lives instead of the three. True. They were going to go through more questions. That is true. It's to the point that they're asking questions that they have explicitly said on the show already. One of them they said a day ago. Yeah. Or two days ago or whatever. It was the the challenge was named after it. The getting dragged under the boat. Yep. It was the keel haul question. Keel haul. That's what it was. Yes. Thank you. We've gone from... And like, listen, I'm not crazy about trivia. We've gone from like legitimately difficult trivia that we have to like write down the answers to pick one of these three answers and also we said the answer two days ago yeah it's weird that the trivia challenges have gotten worse (laughs) it is isn't it you know what challenge i just realized hasn't been around in a couple seasons i don't remember if it was in thailand it definitely was not in amazon the storybook challenge correct thank god thank god we killed it honestly i think it's dead Oh, thank God. I'm almost sure it's dead. I can't remember if they bring back stupid shit for (laughs) All-Stars. But I'm pretty sure it's dead. Oh, good. Yes. So, it's it's a lot of questions. To the point that I didn't even really write down a bunch of them. That's fine. I like... We talk about pieces of eight, which is... Spanish coin. Coin. Yeah. What... One thing that's crazy to me... And I think I like your theory that they probably pivoted to this because of all the conversations in Mm -hmm. camp without really thinking about it is for all of those conversations. We're like, oh, we got to We got to get Rupert out of here. 
oh, we got to really focus down getting Burton out of here, or, like, maybe it'll be Krista. Rupert doesn't get a coconut in his trough until there's, like, three people left? Correct. Like, not even one. I, I don't know what to make of this. Is it people are too chicken to do it in open forum? I think maybe it's that. Maybe it's it's not the time. And maybe part of it is Rupert has shown propensity to go after people that go after him. Mm-hmm. He almost committed a crime on Johnny <laughs> Fairplay. Yeah. He went after Trish very, very quickly. I said it, uh, and, and very, like, vengefully in that tribal council, like, with that big speech. If you come for the king, you best not miss. Mm-hmm. So why would you fire a warning shot? It's fair. I get, get it. I'm... I love Rupert, and I want him to stay on the show, and I'm so excited for the episode that he goes home. Oh my god. Because I know it's going to be a good episode. That's fair. Like, I don't... The end result, I do not want to happen, but the episode itself is going to be good. Interesting. One... A couple notes that I want to highlight from this. It's not even fair to the Morgan tribe, because they're (laughs) just dunked on immediately. Yeah! And two, Krista's really bad at this. She's so bad at this i don't know how many she got right it very few very few and they asked a lot of questions i also want to point out that uh tawana seems lovely yeah this whole episode she's very cheery she's very upbeat except when talking about like work (laughs) (laughs) like and work the work attitudes around camp yep but uh besides that she's like pretty much always been upbeat this entire episode besides being on the bottom of the tribe yeah and it's amazing what getting some food in you will do for you. <laughs> I, I genuinely like Tawana. I you do. I think Tawana is a very underrated player. Yeah. I yeah. hope we get more of her. All right. Yeah, so Rupert wins. And we did have to highlight, just between the two of us here, that there is a gun on that immunity idol. Sure is. And the sword is real. The sword is real. <laughs> He's like, ah, you're playing for this. The thing that we're asking a question about this. We're asking about a scimitar or cutlass. That's right in here. Shing. Oh, it's oh, a real sword. Real sword. Okay. <laughs> Is the gun real too? <laughs> Hopefully, just an antique. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like a fucking Glock in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have this antique sword and a forty-four Magnum right here. <laughs> Go ahead and look in the barrel of that, just like you did the cans. <laughs> We had a firearms expert load that before every tribal council. You get one shot. Don't miss. <laughs> if you're going for the king, don't miss. Johnny Fairplay wins the next immunity and shoots Rupert in the face. Oh, God. How American of us. <sighs> that's cult- that, that's that's export in our culture right there. Oh, God. Okay. Once again, Rupert wins. We go back to camp. Rhino, I'm in danger. Yeah. I mean, Rhino looks so sad and defeated all through that challenge. And we didn't talk about this, but then they make them sit in front of it. That's true. They make them sit in front of... They don't have a place for them to sit. Not even off to the side. They have to sit in front of it, and Rhino just has to sit there and watch while he goes, Yeah, I guess I'm going home. I love that. I don't know why, but I thought it was just such an insult to injury. Oh, yeah. Now, sit here and watch the other kids play. Even his tribe votes him out first. Do they? Oh, yeah. Tawana puts coconuts. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. That sucks. I think... I don't remember if Dara gets the questions right, but yeah, no. Tawana puts two coconuts in his thing. Oopsie doodles. Yep. Yeah, maybe Tawana's making a point to get in with favors with the other people. I mean, that's... 
if you know how it's going to end... If you know, you know. Why fight it? Yeah. So, Rhino spends this entire, like, five to ten minutes band just, like, running around trying to find help that's not going to come. No one's coming for him. Like, they... they try the the show tries to make us think that maybe there's a chance maybe someone's gonna flip and they can they could go on someone you think so because i think after the immunity challenge they didn't even try like it seemed like they were already talking about future votes mm. we're like everyone's kind of like yeah we gotta do this eventually we're like uh like when burton and john are talking to krista there's like a little bit of a like a i don't know it's almost like a mexican standoff where they're kind of just Krista and John are kind of poking each other, trying to figure out what the other one thinks sure. and knows and what their opinions are. But it seemed clear to me that this was not a conversation. They were not sussing each other out for tonight. They were sussing each other out for three days from now. Okay. All of this being said, the only thing that matters to me is Johnny Fairplay saying, I don't trust them. They don't trust me. If they do, great. They shouldn't. I love that. That was a great line. I love that. Yeah. I One of the things I do respect about Johnny Fairplay is his fuck you got mine energy. For this show, <laughs> that's what you should have. Yeah. You shouldn't tell people that. Correct. And he's not. And he's not. That's smart. It's very I smart. I give credit. And I actually think, you. I think you said, uh, or maybe one of, it was one of our listeners, I think it was one of our listeners a couple episodes ago, that like Richard Hatch would be a, would play much much worse on a season that isn't season one. And I don't know that I agree. Okay. I think he actually... Weirdly enough, I think Johnny Fairplay is the closest to Richard Hatch we've gotten. They're very different people, Mm -hmm. but strategy-wise, I think they're the closest that we get in that I'm looking out for number one, and everyone else is somebody I can use or someone that, like, if they do not benefit me, they are gone. So, I mean, we are getting another Hatch. I know. We're, uh, since we have a little bit of time, where, where do you think... How far can Hatch make it in an all-star season? Great question. Because he's going to... I still feel like he's going to have a massive fucking target on his back. I mean, the dude's infamous at this point. Yeah. Like, everyone who has seen the show, or has seen that season, knows... Like, watched the way he played the game. So he can't do that again. Like, his... I think his win is more visible than any of the other people's we're going... Or their game is more visible than any of the people that we are going to see on Mm All-Stars. So he can't run the same strategy (laughs) back. That's for fucking sure. Does he have a little bit of uh, bumbling... buffoonity armor on him? More so than any other winner? I don't think so. Okay. I think he's going to go pretty early. Because I think that he's going to be seen as way too dangerous. Gotcha. Yeah. I would. I like. He's he'd be the first fucking person I'm voting for. <laughs> okay. Cool. So we get to tribal, and half of this tribal is just talking about work ethic. Yeah. And the, you could tell they don't have much to talk about here because we're we're going on that. Chris is like, I don't want to tell these people to do things, yeah. and Tawana. And Dara, like, I don't know, things were different on Morgan. We yeah, just... Things were fucking terrible on Morgan. Yeah. They're like, ah, we did work when we wanted to. I'm like, yeah, you also laid there and starved to death. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. <laughs> Honestly, it just not a very compelling tribal council. No. The only thing I have to point out is in the voting confessionals, <laughs> Rupert's. Okay. That's not the one I thought you were going to pull out. Oh, okay. No, uh, <laughs> Rupert holds up a vote and is like, Rhino, you seem like a great guy. 
I wish you were on my team. Mm. I'd bring you over if I could have. And it's like, Rupert, you can. You can do that. You understand that we've merged, right? <laughs> like, I don't think you should, but you can. Uh-huh. You can replace Johnny Fairplay <laughs> with Rhino right now. Nobody will stop you. That's a thing you can do. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you would trust Rhino, but yeah, it's just it's just kind of funny. And yeah. the these like weird lines that Rupert set up for himself <laughs> that don't exist anymore. Okay, well then I'm gonna pull out Rhino's because he's just casually dropping bitches. Oh, that yeah, that's yep. yeah. Which I'm like, wow, this is not what I expected <laughs> from this, but all right. Yeah. So, what, what you want to go ahead and give the context? I don't remember exactly because he's he's calling. Krista a bitch. Yeah, I mean, that's basically all it is. He, yeah. he, he just holds up his vote and goes like, I've always thought you were a bitch, basically. Yeah. Which is gross. And where's this weird one-sided rhino-Krista, or maybe two-sided, Krista-rhino feud that's been happening that we didn't get to see any I've of? I've always thought you were a bitch. I've known you for five days at this point, but I've always thought of you as a bitch. What? Okay, I, I don't know. Although, I, I don't know what she said in her voting confessional, and maybe it's just, like, the, the clip they chose was wrong, but her face was, like, scrunched, and she looked like, like, yeah, fuck you. Maybe there was some animosity that we just didn't get to see on the camera. Yeah. I, for what he was worth, I genuinely enjoyed Ryan. Me too. I, I thought he was a, a good Survivor player, and... He's okay. Yeah. He was... I think he was one of the better ones on that tribe. Yeah, that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> it's a low bar. I agree. I, I think that he's kind of, like, average at everything. Okay. Like, he's... Well, except for fishing. He's way below average on fishing. <laughs> Correct. But, like, he seemed to have kind of average survival skills. I mean, they did get lost with a map, and he can't fish, so maybe I should say he had below average survival yeah. skills. But he wasn't, like, wasting away. Like, he still had... He's okay at the challenges... He's he has an okay social game. He's mid. Yeah, he's mid. Okay. Well, but he is charismatic. He is not coming back. Yeah. He. This will be the end. I swear. <laughs> they do another outcast of the jury. <laughs> I do want to go back and say that I, when, I think when Lil went out, I was like, after this season, she does not come back. I very specifically chose my words. You snake. I, I, I felt really good about that. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, he, at one point, gets to engage to a Survivor Micronesia contestant. Oh, okay. This is formally engaged, so I'm assuming that didn't work out. Technically, if you get married, you were formally engaged. That's a good point. But probably didn't work out. He plays Sci-Fi's Total Blackout with a Nicaragua contestant. Have you ever seen this show? No. I... If I haven't showed you the gif from this, sh there's one specific gif from this show that okay. is famous. Of uh, you're just in the dark and you're supposed to identify things or play games. Oh, I've I've heard of this. There's one where they're like smelling things, and somebody's like up next to the glass is like, oh, it smells like ass, and the thing goes correct. <laughs> oh, I have seen that. And he goes, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen that. That's, it's a great gif. It's beautiful. Uh, he does a quarantine questionnaire. He, he's very much in love with the show still. Mm. He, he he loves watching it. He was proud of saving Austin from Pelican Pete. And 
it, it it seems like he only really talks to the Morgan Five, the okay. Dara, Andrew, Austin, Tawana. Gotcha. They're my family. Period. Aw, they trauma bonded. They trauma bonded. So that's that's fun. Would absolutely play again. <laughs> make it happen. And like many of these early seasons, they're like, get rid of idols. Get rid of. Sure. Keep it final two. I'm like, okay, buddy. I get it. Back in my day! Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How do you think he does in Future Survivor? Kind of the same. Yeah. yeah I just... I, I think he's kind of a mediocre player. Mm-hmm. Albeit, he's, he's not... He's not controversial enough to have any reason to get rid of him early. Sure. He's not bad enough at the challenges. He, he's pretty decent at them. He doesn't... I mean, maybe he gets taken as a goat, but he's mm-hmm. a little too likable to be a goat. So I feel like he's kind of always around a first jury for like either like just the merge vote to like one of the first three jury members a pretty i feel like it's a pretty small band for him yeah oh sorry there are two things that i should probably point out one he tried to be an actor in la from 2004 to 2015 i moved to la and trying my hand at the acting thing didn't fare too well looking at his imdb page yeah that that tracks it's hard it's it is hard. It's not for everyone. He is in one episode of The Mentalist, one episode of Privileged, and a oh, he's a grip on Scent of a Slade. I don't know what that is. Uh, he does two more reality shows, Camp Reality and Reality Obsessed. I guess if he was on another one, I don't know why that one's not on here. Uh, and he would say he says that it would be people would be shocked if. They saw the sheer amount of injuries and bug bites we had. Austin had a staph, inf- staph infection in his elbows, legs, etc. I had worms or some shit growing in my arm. Ugh! Yeah, correct. I didn't think I was going to end with arm. Correct. Gross. Your protagonist of the episode. It's Burton. It's the worms. It's the worms <laughs> in, Austin, or in uh, uh, Rhino's arms. No, it's Burton. Burton has a lot of moving and shaking this episode. Yep. And it's does not come to fruition this episode. It's not supposed to come to fruition this episode. Like I mentioned before, it was kind of three groups of three, and if you're not in the... You you, you as three would be breaking off from the other Drake three, so why do that when they have an equal number on Morgan? Correct. Then take one of them out first. Yep. And we kind of see that in the next on the next time on, where they're like, yeah, the five of us... And then Lil's crying. So <laughs> I think Lil's going to tell them everything. This does seem like a setup episode. Yeah. Just all in all, not the most substance. But I'm okay with the setup episode if the payoff episode is really good. All right, well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Bumper. We always do prolonged eye contact <laughs> before the bumper. Prolonged eye, eye contact. contact. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Thank you once again for hanging out with us. We're, we're, I mean, we won't have emails for a while. I mean, for you, it'll just be like nothing ever happened. It'll be just another day. But we're going to get a bunch of emails from you, and we promise to read them all. We always do. That's true. So keep on sending them. Steven always does. I always do. I hear the ones that he reads out on air. Oopsie doops. Sometimes I screw up. Sometimes I don't. Most of the time I don't. 
Jared, anything you'd like to promote? I would like to promote games getting better balancers. <laughs> games get better. Games get better. I like online games. Um, I liked Overwatch. I still... I, I, I won't say I like League. I play League. <laughs> nobody and I, and will, I really like Street Fighter. League. And actually, Street Fighter is the most well-balanced of all of them. But they just came out with Rashid, And he's a problem. Jared's... Jared's... No, I mean, like, listen... Power creep. This is this is the thing I fear mm-hmm. with games that have a really good, solid base cast, and then have DLC that's pre-planned. Is power creep, and I'm sure he'll get figured out. When the game first came out, Manon was seen as like way overpowered, and people figured her out. And now she's mid tier, but Rashid just feels like he has every tool in the toolkit, and it doesn't feel like you have a lot of answers against him. And like, if I was a Guile player, I'd be kind of pissed because he just kind of feels like a better Guile. Mm. So it's like, well, why would I ever fucking touch Guile again? This guy just does everything he does but better. Yeah. So uh, don't balance your games around monetization because you want to get people to buy the... Pay to win. The character that costs money and then you'll nerf him in a month after the sales have gone down. Correct. Okay. I'm going to, this is going to be a weird one because it's not an actual thing. I'm going to promote shared experiences. Jared, I have in my hand a Yoshi doll. Uh Uh-huh. We actually won this together, this Yoshi doll. We did? We did. So when we were working at the stunt show, we went to an arcade one day. and Oh, yeah. We got really good at deal or no deal yeah, at we that did. arcade. We won so many tickets. That's true. I have a really nice pocket knife from that. Oh, did you really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so arcade games cannot be rigged. Like, they cannot be random. It has to have some element of skill to it. Correct. And I say that, but there are some that just are. It's kind of gross. No, but yeah, I mean, like, legally, for it not to be like a slot machine, there or has gambling, to be... Yeah. Or yeah, gambling, there has to be an element of skill, and like, some of those are fucking tenuous at best. It's yeah. like, yeah, when you hit, what time you hit the button, but like, it's a very narrow window yeah. or whatever, yeah. Anyway, that deal or no deal game, it shuffled the, the values live, so you could see them shuffling, and if you followed well enough, you could always know where the big one was, and we did it... With about 90% accuracy that day. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah. And we got a lot of tickets. I wonder if we could ever do that again. Also, I had kind of memory hold that entire experience. And I'm like, how many experiences have I had that I've just forgotten? Yeah. Wow. The beauty in life is that it really is temporary. You can really like end of days shit over here. <laughs> the end is nice, Steven. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>